You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami. Football. All right, we we promised to pay this Rick Spielman thing off in a second. (laughs) Such irresponsible hosts here. Mackie and Judd with Rami. But let's take one call on this. We went down a a germaphobe germaphobe path there. 651-646-8255. Joe in Plymouth. What's going on, Joe? Okay, I gotta say, you guys, I almost got into an accident laughing so hard at this last segment. So thank you for the late afternoon humor. Uh, but so, just take hear me out for a minute. Here's my take on the whole the germaphobe thing. I think the fist pump thing has become huge, and it's a good idea. I think it's a big, a bigger idea, more for the state of uh, what people are comfortable with, more or less, in, instead of the germ part. But when it comes to germs. If we just took care of the insides of our bodies, if you, that's what your immune system is for. If you use your immune system properly, you take care of yourself, you don't have to freak out. I mean, there are some people in this world that you definitely need hand sanitizer. There's some people in this world just walking past them, you need to go shower. But for the most part, if you take care of your immune system, it will take care of you. There's my health moment for the day. All right, Joe, thank you. You bet. But All right, how so. am I supposed to take care of the inside of my body when I have Target Field Food Day to cover? <laughs> <laughs> Those two things don't work no hand chance. in hand. I have no chance whatsoever, so I better stick to being a germaphobe and compensate for Target Field Food Day and events like that. So basically, if you look like Ryan Gosling, you can touch anyone's phone. Right. But Grab whatever you, you want. If you look like us, you should probably stay wrapped up in plastic. And don't take your phone in the bathroom. <laughs> Hazmat suit, Rami. One guy just said, uh, "Buy your hazmat suit before we get to the state fair." <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's a. You know what? That's a great point. Rami's gonna have a great time at the state fair. The the food testing will oh. be hilarious and fun for you. State but fair is gonna be great. I told the, you the germaphobe side will be torture. At my previous stop in Milwaukee, I would get blindfolded every year at the Wisconsin State Fair, and they would put some kind of fried food on a stick Ooh. in my mouth, and I would try and Writing decipher. That idea down. I try and decipher what said fried food on a stick was. Day one of the state fair, you'll be just fine. By about day, what, eight or nine, when when all the grass is matted down and the mud is coming up and people are throwing up in front of you, you'll be a mess. Can't wait. Cannot wait. (laughs) Day one, you'll be great. Speaking of chiseled physiques and healthy uh, bodies, Rick Spielman. It's been confirmed by the Wilfs that his contract is in lockstep with Mike Zimmer's contract through 2020, so they've got 2019 is no longer a lame duck year for those guys, and, and and 2020 would be the last year of their contract. Two-part question, is Rick Spielman, let's say, let's phrase it this way, is Rick Spielman a top 10 general manager in the NFL? And if you had to hitch your wagon to either Rick Spielman or Mike Zimmer for five years beyond 2020, which one would you hitch your wagon to? 
Um, I will answer question number two or the second part of that first and say I would hitch my wagon if I had to to Mike and not Rick. And did you say top 10? Yeah. At the right things are going, where it would be like a no brainer yeah. to keep him. Yeah, uh, at the right things are going right now uh, with throughout this league, I would say no, and, and this might not be fair, but the main reason I say no is this: the shortcoming is a huge one. He's never been able to identify that quarterback, or did he? Well, in Teddy, maybe, but it didn't work. But he identified Christian Ponder. Uh, they, they they lucked into Keenum completely. They went out and gave uh, Cousins three years, $84 million guaranteed. So, no, and I would attach, if I had to, to uh, Mike before I attached to Rick. So, I think that the quarterback thing is a little tough. I think it's almost an incomplete because Ponder was a huge whiff. Teddy, people chalk it up as a whiff, but if if he doesn't blow his knee out, he might be the franchise quarterback. Maybe he's not Tom Brady, but... If if Teddy Bridgewater would have become the tenth or twelfth best quarterback in the NFL and he's still your quarterback, is yeah, that I was going to say I was I don't know that you even needed him to develop into a quote unquote franchise quarterback. You just needed him to be good enough to complement that defense. That's yeah. all. You, that's really all you needed Teddy Bridgewater to be. And I think he could he could have very well been that. Absolutely, and, yeah, and he was that for the two years he was healthy. Right? They went to the playoffs and they went eleven and five one year, and they they beat the Seahawks in the playoff game. But then Blair Walsh missed a twenty seven yard field goal, twenty eight fumble too. Don't forget that. He did. Uh, he did fumble. But if you had to hitch your wagon to one of those two guys, so their contracts are in lockstep, and they're it's it sounds like it's going to be either they both stay or they both go, depending on how the next maybe the next season goes. Which one would you look at and say I trust that guy more at his job for the next five years beyond two thousand twenty? Mm. From a from a philosophical standpoint, and Judd and I bring this up all the time when we're talking about hiring head coach, and we talked a lot about it with the with the Wolves. And now I'm going to carry that same philosophy over to the Vikings, which is that I hate handcuffing a GM to a coach he didn't pick. So just based on that philosophy alone, I would go with Zimmer and give him a shot at another head coach. Rather, excuse me, I'd, I'd go with Spielman and give him a shot at hiring another head coach. Rather than I would, rather than I'd go with Zimmer yeah, and, and bring in another GM and and make him have to keep Mike Zimmer as the head coach. I just don't think that that ever works, and you're always stuck with that one-to-two-year transition where that GM is stuck with that coach, and he's riding it out and and waiting for the day when the owner or whoever is calling the shots above him goes, okay, you can go hire your own coach, and then he can launch that guy and actually start to enact his plan and his vision. So purely from an organizational philosophy standpoint and the way I think things should flow I'd I'd send Zimmer packing and let Spielman get a crack at another head coach and see if he has better luck the second time around. Yeah, like the biggest criticism of Spielman is it's not even that he hasn't been able to build an offensive line; it's that he hasn't even tried really in the draft. If you go back, Rick Spielman first entered the organization in two thousand six, seven, two thousand six. After Foley got fired in May of that year, I believe. So he's been at. Well, at most, he's been the general manager, but at, but at even at his lowest level with the Vikings, he's been the draft guy. He's been super influential as their draft guru. Absolutely, yes. And the draft board, right? Yep. And there was a 10-year stretch, I want to say, where they only drafted three offensive linemen in rounds one, two, and three, and yeah, one of them was that. Ryan Cook. <laughs> Exercise one time, and it, it was... Um, Matt Khalil, Ryan Matt Cook. Matt Khalil, yeah. So, somebody so else. 
He, no, in fairness, his so he he got hired in May of two thousand six. So Cook was actually a Fran Foley guy. Okay, in two thousand six, April of that year. But yeah, it's a, it's been a weird deal where Rick's tendencies are to believe that he can find certain positions later, and and in, in fact, the Vikings had that uh, through the Childress years at cornerback. They were always like trying to take corners in the third round, and they were mm-hmm. swinging and missing. And it's like, well, just take one in in the first round, and they finally did. But uh, yeah, there's been some weird uh, perceptions about where they can take certain positions and be fine. Yeah. Well, I think if you had, if, I think it's pretty hard with cornerbacks. There's certain positions where, like cornerback, quarterback. Once you get outside the first couple rounds, and you're outside the blue chip talent range, unless you're Zimmer, a, you can develop them flat out. Even then, though, and you're if, talented with it. Yeah. Uh, but then, like offensive linemen, in theory, the Viking strategy of well, let's let's go blue chip speed and other positions and like the the defensive back positions and let's uh, defensive tackle like just the athletic freak guys. Let's go top end talent in the first couple rounds and then let's just go find big bodies that we can mold in the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds. And that really hasn't worked because here we sit. So and the Vikings. Who's your pick though? Uh, well, if you had to go with one of them. My pick would have been Mike Zimmer, but because I think I think Mike Zimmer is such a uniquely talented defensive coach that he just. If he's your coach and you have any kind of a roster, you're not a disaster. Like your 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 floor is much higher with Mike Zimmer as your coach because your your worst seasons are going to be seven and nine. Uh, now, can you win a Super Bowl with Mike Zimmer as a coach and putting all those resources into defense? Well, the Vikings are sure going to try. And actually, Kyler brought up a great point on Purple Daily today that if you take Kirk Cousins' contract and reduce it to just sort of an entry-level rookie quarterback contract, the Vikings would be bottom two or three in offensive spending in the NFL. Now, they do have a bloated quarterback contract, so that number right. goes up, but still. Um, so I would have said, in a vacuum, Mike Zimmer, because he curbs my worst-case scenario. But if you get into the philosophical part of it, would I want to build an organization by picking the head coach first and then finding a GM? Well, and that picking doesn't, a, a, def- a defensive-minded head coach. Yeah. Not just a head coach, but a, de- no. a defensive-minded head coach. Yeah. And you're going to force a GM to inherit that defensive-minded head coach. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty much what the, but if the Mike Twins goes, and Timberwolves have done this for a long time. Where No, this is our manager, and then we'll go find a GM. But, right. if, but if Mike goes, I, I think Rick goes. If this, if this does not work out, and they both are going into the last year of your, their contracts in 2020, I think they're both gone. Yeah. So I don't see any way that that if things if they win seven games in 2019 that the Wills say okay Mike's gone and Rick pick a coach again yeah so I think that they are I think they are very much now a package deal and tied together. If I ask you the question, is Rick Spielman a top ten GM a year ago? How quick do you answer yes? Coming off a 13 and three season where you were a play short of yeah. the NFC Championship and you went out and got the best quarterback on the market. I would have. I, I might even still say borderline top ten. I'm more bullish on Spielman probably than Judd has been, because I give him a little more credit for Teddy Bridgewater, and I give him credit for all kinds of great defensive picks. Here's what happens sometimes: Anthony Barr gets taken, and Anthony Barr was a top ten overall pick. And if and Anthony Barr has been not as wildly successful as we thought after his rookie year, but he's been a good player for the Vikings, and we tend to say, well, that was a Mike Zimmer draft pick. Mike Zimmer's the one that's because Mike says that. Right, but he takes credit for it. But Rick Spielman doesn't get zero percent of that credit. Rick Spielman gets a large chunk for just pulling the trigger, listening to people and pulling the trigger. But if you were to take them both and and say, okay, which which of the coach or GM? So not saying that they're tied together. If you were to untie them and get the opportunity to 
higher one. I think Mike brings more. I, I think Mike's ability to coach defense and he might be the, the wrong type of coach for what you want in this league where things are trending right now. But if you were to ask me who is the more talented person at what they do, I think it's Mike. So uh, it's, it's tough because how much credit compared to other GMs do you give Rick Spielman for finding hidden gems later on, like second round and later? Stefan Diggs, fifth round draft yeah, pick. You're right. It's good. Daniil Hunter was a mid round draft pick, and he's one of the best pass rushers in the league. Everson Griffin was a mid round draft pick, became one of the best pass rushers in the league. Dalvin Cook was a second round pick. I mean, he. It's it's a lot harder as a general manager to put together regular playoff caliber teams without a franchise quarterback than it is to have Aaron Rodgers and just find a bunch of dudes to go ten and six. Yeah, you know, like Ted Thompson got all this credit for a long time. I mean, okay, you have Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Well, start the season eight and eight. You literally start the season eight and eight, barring catastrophic injuries. When those guys are your quarterback, when you start the season with a rookie. A Christian Ponder, a Teddy Bridgewater, a backup, a Sam Bradford. When you start the season with those guys as quarterback, your floor is not eight and eight. Your floor is like four and twelve. Right. And the Vikings don't go four and twelve really ever. You have, you have to be right a lot more often when when you don't have the franchise quarterback than when you do. The the quarterback having a franchise quarterback having an Aaron Rodgers just creates this huge margin of error when you talk about hit or miss on draft picks, when you talk about hit or miss on free agents or or trades, that guy compensates for a lot of the bad decisions that you make or decisions that just simply were good but could have been better. A guy who you could have drafted in that spot, but you got the guy who wasn't quite that. Aaron Rodgers makes up for that difference between what you got and what you could have had, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, it does. And this season is going to be, because of what their contracts are and because it's now on the record from ownership to say these guys are handcuffed together not oh, just it, in yeah. theory but they're literally contractually handcuffed together and this i'll say the same thing about this that i said about mike zimmer when they exercised his option and kept him around through 2020 it means nothing for his job security the lame duck year correct essentially in terms of your job security and how that relates to performance is two years out if you don't have more than two years left on your contract you're playing or coaching or being a gm for your job. Your job is on the line in that season. And I'm convinced that if this year does not go the way that the Wilfs would like to see it go, in the way that I'm sure Vikings fans would like to see it go, that both Zimmer and Spielman will be looking for a job at season's end, if not sooner than that. How, how many uh, wins does this team need to have in 2019 for them to both be extended again? Because they're, they're not, I don't think so they're going to go fired into the or last, extended, right? I don't think that they would be allowed to go into the the last year so you're right this doesn't mean this does not mean a ton what does the record need to be for both of these guys to let's say get three year extensions um or what's the starting point yeah i think so much of it depends on what it looks like you know if it's less about the record to me and it's more about well let's say a bunch of guys don't get hurt and but Cousins sort of scuffles and he's yeah. not great and you know it's 2018 again assemblance that I think you either have to win the division or win a playoff game one or the other okay so 11 and 5 win the division but that's a pretty high bar yeah and then maybe you get beat in your home playoff game but I don't if you go 11 and 5 and then you get beat in your first playoff game do those guys get fired I don't think they do if you go 10 and 6 and you make the playoffs 
as a wild card team and you win a road playoff game, I certainly don't think they get fired in that instance. But some of it also depends on what does it all look and feel like and yeah, it's it's a it's it's also one of those weird crossroads in sports where it's not a disaster, but you've kind of plateaued at a certain point if you just go ten and six or eleven and five and you don't make a playoff run and Kirk Cousins is kind of who he is. Do guys deserve to get fired because you plateaued in a decent spot? I mean, because you could get rid of those guys and bring in a terrible coach, and now you're three and thirteen, and that's where we get. It's hard because we just we fire for the sake of firing sometimes. Like, oh, we've hit a plateau, got to fire somebody, right? And I don't know if that's always the right way to look at it. Yeah, I wouldn't put a number on it, and I don't mean to dodge your question, your question, Judd, but I, don't, I won't put a number of wins on how many they have to get for uh, for Spielman and 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 Zimmer to be to be safe and secure in their jobs at the end of the year. But yep. I'll just say that you need to finish the season having the feeling like you at least had a real chance to win a Super Bowl. Like, if this had gone our way, if that had gone our way, we could have been there That's what Phil playing said. in the big game. Right. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't put a number of wins on it or even, a, well, you probably need to win the division to have that type of feeling about the season. Like, you were a real contender and had things gone your way, you could have been playing in some big games. Even if you don't get to those big games, yeah. you just want to have that feeling like it was realistic have yeah. things gone your way that you'd be playing in that game. I think you should always in the NFL you should always be careful. If your team is regularly in the mix and it's and it's regularly nine and seven, eleven and five, you pop up to thirteen and three, be really careful about firing the people that put those types of runs together. What if Cousins fails, the, the offense does not improve, but the defense is outstanding. That would present you with quite the conundrum. Actually, I don't know if it would because then you would just be done with Cousins. You could, I mean, now you can mentally commit to one more year of Cousins, draft a quarterback, right, and you're Spielman, out of cap. Hell. But does Spielman skate on that then, uh, or does he pay the price? But Zimmer doesn't because his defense. Because Mike, Mike internally, I think is going to go a long way towards saying, "Hold, hold on a second. I held up my end here. You know, if Kubiak doesn't succeed here, that's not my fault. We hired him. Rick hired him." It's going to be a really interesting dynamic if that As happens. As the Vikings turn, episode to be continued. Thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami here on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Score North will be broadcasting live from Kieran's Irish Pub this Thursday for opening day from noon until 6 p.m. for the Twins season opener at noon. We'll have a two-hour Touch them all with myself and Derek and Phil and special guests stopping by all afternoon long. Matthew Collar with Score North Live from 2 to 4. And then Mackie and Judd with Rami all live from Kieran's Irish Pub, noon to 6, this Thursday yeah. for the Twins season opener. Yeah. So even though, so we'll be, we'll be there during the game. So if people are wandering around, they're not going to the game. Yeah. I mean, you can watch the game inside Kieran's Irish Pub and hang out with us. Come watch it with us. Tell us we're uh, idiots and germaphobes if you would like to. <laughs> Just Rami. Which is true. Go for the fist bump, though. While all you. of that is true. Yeah, don't shake my hand. Yeah, give him a big, ha- hearty handshake. Nope, just give me the <laughs> with ducks. your cell phone right by you. Give me the ducks. That's all I want, and well, all, all Ryan Saunders wants is uh, to keep that Wolves head coaching job. And signs are starting to point towards Ryan Saunders keeping that Wolves head coaching. Job. Yeah, in fact, this is hat tip to our guy Derek James, who you can find uh, some of his work on ScoreNorth.com, writing about the Timberwolves. He screenshot a Mark Stein excerpt from an article here. I'll just read it to you guys. All signs point to Minnesota retaining Ryan Saunders as its coach. This is despite the Wolves' 14-19 record and fade from playoff contention since Saunders replaced Tom Thibodeau on January 6th. Of course, Robert Covington has has been injured for that portion, and a lot of other guys have too. Uh, The abrupt timing of the coaching change was largely attributed to the hope that Saunders, 
after the Butler trade saga suffocated the Wolves for the season's first two months, would still have time to steer Minnesota to a second straight playoff berth. The Wolves will instead miss the playoffs for the 14th time in 15 seasons, but a steady stream of injuries has been an undeniable issue. Um, And then it goes into more about the injuries and uh, Saunders being 33 years old, having a strong relationship with Carl Anthony Towns. All right. I think you have to separate a couple things here. Ryan Saunders is a very bright young coach. And if the Timberwolves don't make him a head coach, somebody else will, maybe not this year. He's going to be a straight-up, non-interim head coach of an NBA team at some point. Like, he just will be. So whether the, that's to me, that's like undeniable, and you can set that part aside. He's been two things. He's been groomed for it basically his whole life, and this matters. He knows people. Yes, right. Yes, he's gonna get a he's gonna get a head coaching job somewhere someday based on those two things. Yes, but per the discussion we literally just had about the Vikings and and handcuffing GM to coach and how you build an organization. And the Twins kind of learned this lesson. They got you know two years in with Paul Molitor, and the front office had to wait to hire Rocco Baldelli, and now they finally got their guy, but did they waste two years? The GM, or the president of basketball operations, should pick the coach. So if you bring in Chauncey Billups, and I would love for Chauncey Billups to run this organization. I think it would be awesome. I think he's ready for it. I think there's a lot of people around the league that have been, uh, that have that are, I don't, I don't know Chauncey Billups, but a lot of people like Brian Windhorst that we've had on our show Say, this dude's been ready and studying this and just waiting for the right chance. If you bring in Chauncey Billups and he says, yep, Ryan Saunders is the guy. And I'm making that decision not because his last name is Saunders, not for marketing reasons, and not because Glenn Taylor wants him. I'm making that decision because I think Ryan Saunders is the best candidate for the job. And Carl Anthony Towns and him and having a good relationship plays into it. I'm all for that. But if it's... Glenn Taylor saying Ryan Saunders is the coach, and now I'm going to go find a GM. I don't. That just feels like classic Timberwolves bad process to me, and I don't like it. And it feels like Glenn possibly. So he he went went outside to a consulting firm, got Tibbs, and Tibbs was an outsider essentially coming in, and it didn't work. And now Glenn's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I couldn't. You know, Tibbs wouldn't talk to me before games and wouldn't give me the game plan, and Ryan will, and that's great. I'm with you in that sense that this feels like like Glenn Glenn saying I know Ryan I'm comfortable with him and therefore I'm going to hire him but then my question becomes okay if I'm a guy like Chauncey do I jump at this job then or do I say well Glenn I can't bring my coach in I might like you know Ryan I might not but if the Timberwolves had a track record of even remotely doing things right I'd probably be like that's fine yeah the, the guy's a smart kid. That's fine. But they don't. Um, the, o- the only thing that would be hypocritical for me not to bring up is the fact that if they have gone to Cat and said, what do you think? And he's like, Ryan is the guy. I think you need to do everything, if you're the Wolves, to try and keep Carl happy as possible. But it does feel to me like a leap not to, if you are going to bring in a GM now to run basketball ops, to then say, all right, you can run the roster, you can run everything, but here is is your coach, who, by the way, I just signed to a three-year contract. Yeah. But you guys also think it's weird? At this point in the season, the trade deadline is gone. If Scott Layden's not your general manager going forward, wouldn't you just amicably part ways with him so you can get a head start 
on finding your next GM. Like the trade deadline is over, so I can see leading up to the trade deadline, uh, someone needs to make decisions, and it's like you got to have someone in place. You can't just have an, you can't just have no coach, no GM. I, I can listen to that argument. I see what you're saying, but they're not going to make the playoffs. The season's over, and mm-hmm. ideally, you'd like to get a head start on unless Glenn Taylor's saying, "Oh no, Scott Layden's the GM going forward, and we together are putting Ryan Saunders in as coach." Which would be somewhat puzzling. But Layden was Tibbs' guy. Correct. So it doesn't make sense. So what is he but what this, is he still doing here? Just just keep in mind. This organization <laughs> like, seriously. No, it's true. This, this franchise is so dysfunctional that they took a guy who was Tibbs' guy, who Tibbs brought in basically to be his guy, his his GM, right? And they forced this guy to go into Tibbs' office after that Laker game and help fire Tibbs. That's the height of dysfunction. I feel like Glenn has to be the one that makes that move. And Glenn right? was in Florida. Yeah. But but super weird. But to what Phil is is saying at that point in time, if you're gonna let Tibbs go, don't you let Layden go too? Like the deadline, they didn't do a thing. So it's not like there there were all these trades that were coming down the pike and now you got a draft pick for Taj and you move Derek Rose. If they had been uh, proactive sellers at the deadline and Scott Wook was behind that, I would have said, okay, at least that makes sense. But in retrospect, it's even more dysfunctional in my mind to have the guy that Tibbs hired as his guy help fire him. Mm-hmm. So I have no clue, which is why I come back to being concerned that that although this does not seem like a putrid idea, it's being done for the wrong reasons. Okay, Rami, if you had a pie chart of mm-hmm. things that matter in making the decision of who's the coach, you know what percentage of your pie chart would be Carl Anthony Towns' approval? It's still a pretty small slice of for, that pie. For Judd, it's pretty large. We've had that debate in the past. Yeah, and I want to keep him happy, so that's one thing to consider. But if he was a guy who I wanted to keep happy and was a guy who had some sort of championship pedigree, and I thought he really has an idea of how to win and how to how 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 to be part of at least a championship organization. I'd give him a lot of input into that. Like LeBron has earned that. Even a guy like uh James Harden has earned that. Russell Westbrook, some of the more established superstars who have been on some at least deep playoff runs or played in the NBA finals. Like okay, you've you've been to or close to the promised land. You probably have a pretty good idea of what it takes and what coaches have or don't have what it takes to get there. But Carl Anthony Towns, for as as great as he is and as talented as he is and this breakout season that he's having right now, he hasn't accomplished enough for me yet to think that he should have real input into who the head coach is. I don't want to hire somebody he hates because I want the guy to be happy playing here. So that's But that's about as far as I go in considering Carl Anthony Towns. Do you, are, will you be okay playing with this guy? Can you be happy playing for this guy is about as far as I go in consulting with Carl yeah. Anthony Towns. Can you be happy? Outside of that, I'm really not taking a lot of input from Carl yeah. Anthony well, Towns. What would it be on your pie chart, Judd? Carl Anthony Towns' approval. In this league right now, it would be, it would be. I mean, not, not 50%, but at least 25 to 30. I, I think it's incredibly important. If this guy decides that he is not happy here and he doesn't like the direction he's going to very soon compared to what we think start the ball rolling to force his way out of town and we're talking about the biggest superstar i think on a male sports team in this town so if he likes saunders 
That's important. That's important. I'm just I'm telling you with everything this team has done though, I I fear that the behind the scenes reasoning here is not sound. Classic, by if, the way. But if they had anything, but if there was anything to to basically say, you know what, it's fine. I'd be like, okay. But um I don't think that you can take the chance of ticking Cat off because if you do and, and he wants out, we're back to ground zero, folks. Yeah, like we're we're. I'm we're not back. ready. To, I don't think we're anywhere near like Cat Cat being Cat re, being released from from Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler buys you some time, and he just signed that contract. But don't you care? You about got like three years. Likes before. the coach. Well, it's it matters. That's important to me. But here's the thing. There's there's the there's the the back end tail to this. So let's say he likes the coach and you're okay, well we just want to get you someone that you like, but that coach isn't good enough. Well, guess what? He's gonna get frustrated with the losing because the coach isn't good enough or the coach can't put together a system. So there's you gotta be aware of that too, I think, on the back end of it's gotta be a really good coach that he likes. And and let's be honest, like Ryan Saunders isn't the only one out there. It might be that there's a few other guys he's never met before that once he meets them, it's like, oh. Hey, I would I would prefer that, that they started the process the day the season ends and that that process went GM comes in, GM gets to decide on his coach. To me, that would be way better. Can you guys believe, by the way, Andrew Wiggins Uh-oh, comes out of the woodworks and has his second best shooting percentage night of the season in a must-tank game for the Wolves against Memphis on Saturday. He does everything they don't want him to do. Like, like even when was that when they were in when they were two games out of the eighth seed? And instead it's like you need to make up some ground in the tanking battle against Memphis. He's like, cool, I'll go nine of fifteen for twenty two points <laughs> real quick. You know? Just have my second best percentage shooting night on the season. You know what was one of the first things my nephew said to me when he came to visit here in Minnesota for the first time? How much do people hate Andrew Wiggins? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> sure, he's a nice guy. He's a kid, so I, I, you know, I gave him the whole line. I was like, "Well, hate is a strong term. We try not to hate." Did you really? Yeah. Until oh. he pulls up from twenty feet with a hand in Shoot his face. Shoot straight, Ronnie. <laughs> Shoot straight with, with the youth of America. The man is despised. <laughs> We're gonna wrap with Roycey when we come back to Mac and Judd with Rami, but. I've got some advice for Rami here, actually, courtesy of Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Do you know? Yep. Drowsy driving is a very bad thing. Oh, no, I've been pounding the coffee, dude. Okay. Pounding the coffee. Because you've got like nine Target Field food items in you, and we just don't want you. We want you to be nine. safe. Hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Fifteen, 15? Items. Okay. 15 items I sampled today. So uh, many crashes in which fatigue and drowsy driving is a factor involve a single driver. <clears throat> With no passengers, <clears throat> and can happen on either rural roads or highways. Are you saying I should call for a ride? Maybe you Uber home or light rail. <laughs> but to make sure you're alert on the road, A, get adequate sleep every day, avoid drinking any alcohol before you start rolling, and keep an eye out for signs of drowsiness and irregular driving patterns, whether it's yourself or other people, just to be alert and aware of. When you are alert and well-rested, you're doing your part to help everybody make it home safe today. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. And, whoops. Hey, microphones. <laughs> That's how it Professionals. Works. <laughs> <laughs> Professionals. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Uh, Pat, Tim Miles official today. Out yeah, after yeah, seven got years. Got fired today. 
Is uh, yeah, great, good guy. He should be good on TV, don't you think? Judge, yeah, judges that. said that he's yeah. going to be fantastic be, on TV. I can't wait. He'll be an analyst or a studio guy, or I, I don't know what at what level he'll get hired, but that's probably what he he, he can he can get a mid major job too if he wants one, but I don't know. But uh, as he as he said, it upset everybody when he said when it looked like. For sure, he was going to get hold of him a month ago, and he said, well, I'm going to be a millionaire anyway, <laughs> something like that. I think they still, but yeah, they, and he's that kind of, you know, he was making fun of himself almost, but of course, that's not the way people put it. But yeah, he did okay down there, but, uh, you know, when the Gophers beat him here, weren't they rated like 10, 12 or 13 or something like that? Weren't they, uh, you know, in, in early December? They were They, they were, were ranked, yeah. Rated. Yeah, they were ranked, and then not, you know, not like 24 or something higher than that. I can't remember. Yeah, they were supposed to be. And they looked pretty good that night. Amir Coffey played fantastic, and, the ghost, and they, they kind of went in the tank the last 10 minutes. Nebraska, and that turned out to be uh, uh, Nebraska went in the tank, and uh, Coffey won the game for the Gophers. And uh, they kind of went in the tank. They, uh, they, they were terrible. Uh, and that kind of game they I know they had a bad injury, but behind that, uh, you know, they just didn't have a good year and they've just invested a lot of money in basketball facilities and the like. They just they're supposedly gonna get the high hoiberg, so you know, that 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 should be pretty good. What are they supposed to pay him? Five billion or something? Is that what it is? I don't yeah. even know, like, I mean, if you can get Fred Hoiberg, then, hey, it's been nice knowing you, Tim Miles, but the, Nebraska's only been to the uh, NCAA tournament, oh, yeah. like, seven times yeah. ever, six or seven times ever, so. You know, that's the one thing about Big Ten expansion, starting way back with Penn State, that it has added nothing to basketball. I mean, Maryland's okay, but Rutgers, horrible, Penn State, horrible, Nebraska, horrible tradition as far as basketball. They've you know, certainly Nebraska and Penn State have added uh, added in football, but uh, brutal as far as uh, basketball is concerned. And it's screwed up the whole schedule because you don't get to play. You know, some years you don't play Iowa or Wisconsin twice. Back in the day, you just played everybody twice. It was great. So you're back? You're back, huh? Yeah, what were you guys whining about? I get back, there's hardly any snow. It's a nice day. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's been like the oh, whole time. Well. Yeah, yeah, we're just yeah, we're, we're just, just pulling your leg when we were talking about all the oh, snow and cold yeah. and polar We just vortex. like to complain. Everybody was in on the joke. No, but I got punished. I, I know everybody, you know, I got punished because I walk in the house today, yeah. and what do I hear? Oh, the fire alarm. Smoke alarm battery. Oh, no. I have to drive it. That, you know, this, that little smoke alarm battery, the, the, the sound that drives me nuts. So the first thing I got to do is try to find the 9-volt and then break into the smoke alarm and try to put the battery in there. I get the battery in, but I wasn't able to screw the smoke alarm back in, so it's hanging from a wire down there in the... Uh, in the in the lower uh, room, so uh, I'll, I'll be the bride will be able to ridicule me about that when she gets home that I wasn't able to screw it back in there. So uh, yeah. my level of patience did allow did not allow me to continue to try to do that. <laughs> but because uh, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was saying bad words, and I hate to do that during the lap. So, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which which one did you which bad word did you give up for Lent, Pat? 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, anyway. Yeah, I'm back, and I'm glad. I'm glad I'm back, ready for a ball season. Too bad we aren't playing tomorrow, huh? Sixty-four tomorrow, and it's going to be fifty on Thursday. But uh, now, where are you guys doing? Are you doing a show from over anywhere over the? In Minneapolis, on yeah. Christina. Kieran's Irish Pub from noon oh, until six. We'll be hanging out. Well, how the hell are you going to go to the game if you're going to be at Kieran's? Uh, well, some of us will be at the game, and some will, you know, we will be doing our show and watching on TV from uh-huh. across the street. Okay, all right. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's. Uh, geez, I was reading Swanson Street on the way back there. Baseball preview. By the way, I found out one reason Sports Illustrated doesn't sell many uh, uh, copies of uh, the Cowboy anymore. Six dollars and thirty-eight cents. Whoa! For uh, for this week's uh, edition, but uh, Verducci has a fantastic piece with vivid examples of the technological uh, phenomenon that's taking over this game. You know, it was really good stuff. I mean, about just how how intense this thing has gotten about analyzing body movements and and you know everything else. And then uh, there's a really good piece on Bregman. But they picked the Twins to win the AL Central. They got the Twins for 90 and 72. I don't know where that's coming from. I, I, I really don't know. Uh, uh, you know, I can, I can see them winning 84, maybe, and Cleveland, you know, getting a bunch of injuries and maybe even winning 82 or something. I mean, but I think Cleveland's a... You know, eighty percent favorite to win the division. I I was really surprised. I mean, you know, Cleveland's going to come in here with a bunch of guys hurt, but they're also going to have Corey Kluber pitching. So, uh, you know, I, I I was very surprised by that. The uh, they have an anonymous scout who does a little little assessment of each team, and he gave uh, Rocco a pretty good shot for the uh, for the. You know the non-physical nature of the uh, spring training this year, and the lack of work on on fundamentals and things like that. The old traditional fundamentals, and uh, it's uh, it has been a completely different operation down there. I don't know. I'm sure there was a pitcher's fielding practice that I mentioned missed, but I didn't see him do that kind of stuff all day. And that used to be, you know, 15 minutes every. 15, 20 minutes every morning and stuff like that. So it, it's been a, it's, they have taken the, uh, rest and recovery to a, uh, incredible high, uh, that, uh, it, I mean, it was not, it was not an intense spring training at all physically. Uh, there were a lot of meetings, a lot of video, stuff like that. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it, if that, Pat, going back to the division and the win total that's predicted there. Now, 90, that's that's really, really high. And I, I've been one of the more optimistic people when it comes to the Twins, but even I'm not getting close to 90 when it comes to the number of wins. But what I do see in that division, Indians aside, is about 60 games on your schedule that you have a really good chance of winning with the White Sox and the uh and the Tigers and who am I drawing a blank on? The, the, the Royals. The Royals, play. the three three terrible teams in the division. Uh, the Royals and Tigers, yes, and the Tigers lost Fulmer now. He's Tommy John, and uh, but uh, I wonder if the Whiteys are going to be as uh, rotten as everybody because they they actually gave this Eloy Jimenez a contract, a six year contract, so they don't have to send him to. <laughs> 
You know, they don't have to keep him in the minors mm-hmm. for two months to uh, keep him from becoming a Super 2 and something like that. They got a lot of, you know, young guys. Now, Kopech uh, getting hurt and, and blowing out his arm hurt him. But I, I think the Whiteys are going to be very close to the Twins. I think they're going to end up, uh, I, you know, what, what, whatever that win total turns out to be between those two teams, I, I, I think the White Sox will be over 82 or around 80. I, I, I don't think they're going to be terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, uh, the, 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 White, the White Sox always seem to be the opposite of what they've been right now. They always seem to have yeah. no farm system and a bunch of veterans, but they're never good mm-hmm. enough. And for them to finally go all in the way that they have on just a bunch of 19 to 22-year-old players, if they get enough of those guys to pan out, uh, that it might be, we're talking about the Twins division, if the White Sox come flying down in the left lane here in the next couple of years, that might actually be the team to watch uh, if you're the Twins. Yeah, I I do think they're the team to watch here in the next three, you know, from, you know, from the year 2021 to 23 or something like that. I do think because especially with, I think Cleveland's by 2021, Cleveland might be down there where everybody else is right now because they're just, you know, they're going to lose Gulliver. They're going to lose Bauer. They got an owner who doesn't care. And, uh, you know, idiot. As an idiot, this year was almost their last shot. And instead of spending 150 or 60 million and saying, "Okay, let's take one more shot to see if we can win Cleveland its first World Series since 1948," he was mad because the fans didn't show up last year. So he basically downsized, and uh, that's uh, wasn't real smart of uh, Larry Dolan, I don't believe. Yeah. So Spillman's got himself uh, an extension too. Yes. He does. Yeah. Through well, 2020. So Zim, so Zim only got one more year. How long is Zim only through 2021? Yeah, they're both. They're both. Uh, Wilfs went on the record today and said uh, they want those guys to have the same length of contract through 2020. You know what the you know what the pro coaches don't have going for them. They don't have that college thing where we got to have five years so that the recruits know we're going to be there, especially if they redshirt. You know. So we, got to have that five-year deal that the pro coaches haven't figured out how to run. They, they haven't figured out how to tell the players that, uh, you know, we, we have to be able to tell the players we're going to be here. Uh, otherwise, they won't want to, uh, you know, they won't want to play for us. Uh, they, they, that, that, that's a great scam that the college coaches have going. The pro coaches don't. The, the genius thing, though, is is when you take a job, get done with, with a year in which you just get your butt whipped and and come back to the AD and say, I need an extra extension now because we're worse than I thought we were going to be. The Jerry Kill the thing killer, was the smartest thing. The killer, didn't the killer pull out? Yes. We're worse. Your team's worse than I thought, and I took the job, so I need another yeah. extension. Yeah, this, this, house is, this house is way dirtier than I thought it was. I, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, was a, that was a good one that he ran off. Uh, and then he, uh, he pulled that one off. That was fantastic. So that was that was with Woody, though, right? That was T. Oh, yeah, that was T. Yeah, that was T. Right? Yeah. T. Yep. Yes, yeah. I was Okay. Yep. Well, Maturi, no, Maturi hired him, but then did... I think, was, I think it was Teague, though, by then. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Okay. Pretty sure. Yeah, that was great. That was a great scam by the by the Chilster. That was for sure. That was that was fantastic. I, these guys are very, very smart. So, and uh, and uh, what, uh, March 9th, and Ryan's going to be the coach. I, uh, I think that's probably true, and 
I was uh, obviously opposed to that. I thought Dave, you know, I think Dave Jorger might get fired at uh, at Sacramento, and he'd be a good guy to hire. But uh, I, the other, my other thing is, I don't think it makes any difference. This is a this is a this thing is a train wreck once again, and uh, it's, it does doesn't make any difference who's coaching them next year. They're not going to win. So. Yeah, it uh, feels a lot like every other year besides the one year they went to the playoffs last year. Yeah, so. yeah, it is. It's amazing. It's amazing. But I can tell you one thing. It's not the owner's fault. Oh, no. Heck no. No, Star, no. Tri- Star Tribune has never <laughs> looked better. And uh, Target <laughs> Center the, looks gorgeous. No. Nothing to do with it. I'm giving you this as an objective. <laughs> right. Larcy's next yeah. column. It's not the owner's fault. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, that's a good note to say goodbye to. <laughs> Go, Glenn Taylor. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Pat. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah, Glenn Taylor, uh, owner also of the Star Tribune. Star oh, Tribune. really? I didn't know. That. Oh no, that's oh, why. No, oh, you'll okay. never, you'll no, never read a column. Yeah, you'll never read that column. <laughs> Taylor Marcel team, but the papers looking great. <laughs> that's if you're going to write that column, it's got to be Star Tribune sports section thriving. Yeah. Semicolon. Taylor on the outs. <laughs> Taylor should sell team because he does such a good job with the paper. We we hate the fact it's distracting him. Yeah. Or you write that column, and <laughs> at the bottom you write footnote. This is also my resignation letter. Yeah, exactly right. right. Yeah. Yeah, peace out. <laughs> Scoggins, Scoggins going to take on Glenn Taylor. Yeah, Tim. So Tim Miles is fifty two years old. I, he could coach another ten years if he wanted to, but I don't know. Like Nebraska, good on them for getting Fred Hoiberg. That's not a story. Well, they've got it, but now they like like Pat was saying the practice facility and all that stuff down there. I guess is just outstanding. Yeah. So if you build it, they will come. They should. They should win. And but but for a while there, I think Miles had them on the right track. That's the weird thing. They were yeah. doing okay and improving, and somewhere along the line, it just came to an abrupt end. You know, they went thirteen and five in conference last year and didn't make the NCAA tournament. They went Nebraska oh. went thirteen and five in the Big Ten no, last year and that. into the NIT. At thirteen and five, yeah. really? They must have had such a week. They out of probably had a schedule. week out of conference schedule, and then they probably had one of the weaker in conference. That's schedules before too. the net and quad one, baby. <laughs> yeah, quad one turned the whole thing around. That's what we need. We should that score North T-shirts. Quad one, <laughs> or maybe it's more like quad three for us. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on demand at scorenorth.com and via the Scorenorth mobile app or anywhere you find your favorite podcast: Spotify, Apple. See you guys tomorrow. I'm going out to dinner, guys. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You're unbelievable. Just- Zolgad, um, I'll talk to you later. Bye.